Hey everyone, welcome to the Deep Dive podcast and we are in a justice series. Last time we did um, the justice of God, we had Pastor Chris, but today we have a very special guest, one of my favorite people, Pastor Mark Thornton. Who? What's <laughs> up family? Hey. How you doing? I love Pastor Mark. He is, how long have you been a part of Capital Church? I've been a part of Capital uh, 23 and a half years, been on staff 23 years. You only were here for a half year before you came on staff? Yeah, how crazy is That's that? That's how good so. you are. And, <laughs> uh, but most of you, you recognize his voice. You, uh, we do. He's our community pastor at Capitol Church in our at our church, but he really truly is just such a light in our city. You're also the chaplain of the Boise State football team, which is so awesome. And we're so grateful for your voice for our community, our church, but also our city. And you've brought so much unity um, amongst other churches and pastors and leaders. And I love your voice right now as we're talking about justice. There's a lot going on in the world. And you are yourself an African-American man and a, yeah. and, a, and a great preacher and pastor and leader and thinker. And you have a lot of wisdom and discernment. You've taught me a lot of things. You used to boss me around in the choir. I did. It was uh, it, that, that discipler. I love it. You can, And this is what I think. You can love people without discipling them, but mm. you can't really disciple people without loving them. And yeah. so having a love for the kingdom, having a love for the house, really having a love for people changes your approach. And so if I'm, you know, you, you, you don't really drive people or do things like that for people you don't love and people you don't care about yeah. so know that it was all you, done with love and with affection yes and, you did yeah. you always drove us to love jesus more yeah. and you always have and always pointing us to jesus this is what which is what i've always really appreciated about you pastor mark is that you don't draw people to you yeah. um you have an amazing testimony you have an amazing life and experiences and what god your story yeah. the story of your life is powerful in and of itself but it wouldn't be without Jesus. No, not at all. And you do that so well um, in a world that likes, I think we do kind of like to draw attention to our achievements, our kind of our world, what we've done, but you always point people to Jesus. And I, and I so admire that about you. And when you were the choir director over a worship team and I was in choir, you always did. You'd make us memorize scripture memorize verses. Bible and, verses, which was yeah. interesting for the pastor's daughter, right? You're <laughs> like, hey, we do enough of this. I'm thinking that everybody did. But that was, you know, if you think about it, for us here that was really kind of the start of a small group because I wasn't trying to you know build this amazing singing group there was a community and we were responsible for yeah. guarding the presence of the Lord the atmosphere of worship in the house and mm -hmm. so I you know I used to tell people they're like I'm like why you want to join the choir they're like oh I love to sing I was like okay go out the door yeah. come back and then this is what you need to tell me why do you want to be in the choir <laughs> oh I love to sing go out the door come back and tell me I want to worship yeah. because I'm like singers are a dime or a dozen but I can work mm -hmm. with somebody who really just wants to worship God and just kind of help usher his presence into the building or open people's eyes to the presence of the Lord already here. So yeah, it was, it was rough rolling <laughs> with me for a while. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was so fun. We had, uh, and we're still, you know, involved in amazing things with our worship community and we have, you do everything. I mean, you, you lead worship, you pastor, you do chapels, you like, you know, you're just, you, you wear so many hats and you do it so well and always gracefully and, um, and, and we're now in a very unique season and I really appreciate it. I loved the talk you and my dad and, and Pastor Chris had on Sunday, yeah, just a good. real awesome, if you didn't, if you weren't here with us on Sunday morning, you can go, uh, I think get it on our podcast, but yes. a really awesome conversation about 
justice um, and the kingdom of God. And what does it mean? I mean, we have it on, if you came to Capitol Church right now on a Sunday morning, you'd see it on our the back. It says justice yeah, people. Yeah, justice people. And um, when I was thinking about this podcast today, that's what keeps bouncing up in my heart is that we really are called to be justice people. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we're all trying to discover that we're trying to discover what that means right now. I think everybody has a version of what that is. Yeah. Um, and I think what I really appreciate about our community and our church and our pastors, especially Pastor Chris, is he's constantly wanting to have those conversations and grow. He's not going out there jumping out and saying, this is what justice means. This is the, this is what we got to do. He's learning, using scripture, using the word of God. And, um, and that's just who we are because yeah. we want to do this right. We want to respond to the pain of our world correctly and particularly the pain that we're seeing within the black community. Um, We want to respond with compassion, with um, love, care. Um, We want to respond to anyone who's hurting in this season, but we want to do it the way that we think that, that Jesus uh, speaks at. And I think you, honestly, Mark, you've taught me a lot in the last few weeks. We've had a lot of conversations about this, our pastors, our exec team, and I've just really appreciated your perspective on this. And, and I know our CYA, man, our community loves you. When you come down to preach, it kind of makes me feel bad because I think they like you a lot more than well, me. But, no, it's, but it's that's okay different. with me because yeah, I different. love you. And those perspectives are good, you know. And so, like, my life story is a little bit different. And honestly, I'm, I'm just glad to be, you know, I, I have a job, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I get the privilege of being able to share the gospel, being able to love on people. It's a responsibility, but it's a, at the end of the day, it's really a privilege first, yeah. because when we talk about justice, it's almost like, okay, God loved me in spite of me. And he showered me with his affection and showered me with his grace. And then I believe that as kingdom citizens, he says, now I want you to go do for others what I did for you. So everything, this is what I love. And I can't remember exactly the verse in Romans, but it basically says the beef between God. And this is kind of the Thornton (laughs) version, right? So the beef between me and God has been squashed. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there is no beef between God and me because of his love and because of the work of Jesus Christ on the on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. So why should I have beef with other people wow. considering how God has freed me from my sin, has yeah. freed me from the issue that kept me from having relationship with him? And so I said it on Sunday, if the love of God was enough to reconcile us to God, then it's yeah. enough to reconcile us to one another. And I think that we just, we I think we get stingy with it sometimes wow. because of our perspective, because of our background, because of the way that we grew up. But this is what I love. We had a conversation yesterday, uh, Pastor Chris and mm-hmm. uh, a few of us, uh, our Jay Barsh, a coach from uh, Boise State. State. And it was just like everybody's perspective was different. And so if I just lean on the perspective or if I just lean on the opinion, then we're never going to come together. But the one thing that binds us together is the love of God, the grace of God and the will of God or the directive of God to love God, love people. It doesn't really get any more simple than that. Right. It's the great equalizer. Jesus is the great equalizer. And there's a lot of things we can disagree on, you know, in this world, and we do disagree on, yeah. apparently. We're finding that out more and more, uh, that there is very different 
perspectives on justice and how we get there and the path to justice and all this but but i love what you're saying is like in that verse in romans reminds me of the verse in ephesians 2 when paul says that jesus went to the cross to kill the yeah. hostility yep. that was between first just as you said between yeah. us and god because remember the garden this it all started in the garden it started in the garden yeah. and it exiled us out and then all the whole redemptive story of jesus is to get us back to the place that he always created us to be, which is in perfect relationship with Jesus yeah. or with God, our Father. And then that should, the overflow of that is our relationship with one another. Yeah. We have, we have because of the cross and, and the achievements of the cross, and because he went to the cross and he killed the hostility. That scripture it. gets me. It does. Every time. It just, it's just he like, wow. It. So that means if that's true and now we have right relationship with God, then yes, righteousness with God means that we have right relationship with one another. Yeah. And we, you and I can sit here and we can sit with anybody else and we might disagree. Yeah. But the great equalizer um, is, is the path to justice. Yeah. And I told, you know, even in the conversation yesterday, I was like, so my mom was born in the South, obviously off of the heels of slavery. My dad was born in the South, off the heels of slavery. And I, I, to, I told this story and just my dad was uh, trying to get people to, to register. So until I came here to the church, um, I wasn't really a, like a political person. So mm -hmm. your dad really kind of changed <laughs> that up because I'm like, man, we got to go to D.C. and we got to pray for these people. And I'm thinking they're all heathens anyway. And I don't want to pray for them. But my eyes were open because wow. it's like, hey, whatever your perception of this them was before the Bible says pray for those who are in, in authority so yeah. that you can live at peace with with one another right so I learned that through from him but I found out like you know sometime after that that my dad trying to get African Americans to vote you know back in 50s 60s whenever he they put him in a boat that like the KKK tried to kill him for trying to register black Americans to vote and they had to put him in a boat and send him across the Mississippi and I never knew that and I'm thinking here I am not taking um, advantage of the privilege that I have Wait, to this vote. this was your grandpa? No, this was my father. Your dad? This was my father and I was like, how come nobody told me that? You know, I'm thinking, I'm voting, I'm going to exercise crazy. my right, I'm going to exercise wow. my privilege, I'm yeah. going to exercise my responsibility. So there are some things that our ancestors or our forefathers, our parents, grandparents, that they went through so that we didn't have to go through. So me having a beef in a sense about something that happened 30 years ago, 40 years ago, I, I, I'm, I'm mindful of it. I hold on to it. But again, the grace of God mm -hmm. has freed me. The grace of God can free other people. But now it's like, man, let me appreciate what you know, my ancestors went through. Let me appreciate what yeah. my forefathers went through. Let me appreciate what my parents took for me and not take that on myself. Because I think too mm -hmm. often we take an offense for something that happened to somebody else and we don't process that in light of what the Bible says. Wow. Well, that's an interesting point, Mark, because that's where my heart's been really hurting for, um, you know, the, just the black community in, in general that is experiencing just the wounds yeah. of the the past 400 years or yeah. more but you know it, it, when you think about it segregation wasn't that long ago it wasn't my mom, that long ago my mom and dad would have been in um school pre desegregation yeah. so they experienced both like yeah. it happened within their childhood and I, I, I'm, I think my mom and dad are you know older than me but it doesn't seem that long doesn't ago seem like it wasn't that long ago and so there is pain right yes. there is like you're saying like there's legitimate these, pain for some people you know and probably passed down or like experiences that have been shared with and i want to i want to be sensitive to that and that's what i've been i've been really working um and and listening to and trying to like like 
I can't experience I or I couldn't relate I don't I've never yeah. had those experiences but I know that there is pain there so I don't I kind of want you to explain and you kind of did it's like not picking up those offenses um, but how does a white girl <laughs> from yeah. Idaho um, what can I do or what can I do in those experiences for those that are feeling that pain or maybe they've heard stories from generations above them and the pain maybe they've personally experienced um racist acts and racism and I think I mean I think we would be um, living in denial if we didn't think people experience race I just I think that's I think that's ridiculous I I, we cannot we cannot say that there's no one living in you know and we're isolated in Idaho this is this is a whole different story here and you don't see it in ways that you see it in the south you don't see it in ways that you see in Texas or Mississippi I mean there's still stuff that's going on in places like that that's why I love our community. That's yeah. why I love the Treasure Valley. I mean, there's just genuine um, hospitality. And even uh, one of our football players last year, he you know won an award and he's on the podium. He's like, man, I love Idaho. There's no mean people anywhere <laughs> here. And I'm thinking, well, bless the Lord that that's your, your testimony. But yeah. I'm thinking there's some mean people, but that you haven't been exposed yeah. to them. That speaks volumes about the culture that's yeah. here in our valley. Now that doesn't negate you know, the racism that exists. That doesn't negate the the prejudice or the elitism that actually exists, but I don't have to be defined by that. And one yeah. of the things that, you know, from for the black Americans here, you know, in, in our community, it's like, if you call me a name, I have to ask myself, am I what you call me? Am I defining mm-hmm. myself by who you say I am? Or am I defining myself by who the Bible says wow. I am, especially as a believer? Now, everybody's not taught that. I think racism is something that's passed down generationally. It's you, you just, They're not educated properly, yeah. you know, because you can't tell me nobody's born a racist. Right. I'm, I'm just born hating white people. I'm born hating black people. That's nobody can actually say that. Yeah. So it's a it's a mindset that's actually allowed yep. to be fostered in, yep. you know, communities and people growing up and they don't even know why. And I'm like, well, I just, you know, you're black, so I'm not supposed to like you. I'm like, that's the most ridiculous thing <laughs> I've ever heard. And then flip the switch. If you yeah. were, you know, maybe the south side of Chicago, I probably shouldn't be calling out cities. But maybe if you were born in, in, in the ghetto, what we consider to be the ghetto, and in a traditional African-American community, and you look at white people as your enemy trying to oppress you, well, you've got, I mean, it's just, it's racism. It's mm-hmm. just reverse. And I think that that's something that we have to break, but it's an educational thing. But you you wrote a book mm. on empathy, right? <laughs> I did. And so not and very many people read it though. They, so you guys need to go get the book. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. I, I do talk about like you know just some of that cultural war that that and and it's difficult for some people to have empathy cross races or cross ethnicities. And Jesus speaks to it, or the, the Gospel of Luke speaks to it yep. when you talk about the Samaritan. That to me was a story that really wrecked me when it came to these type of uh, justice issues. And when we need a picture of how Jesus looks at us, go look at the at the good samaritan absolutely and yeah but yeah nobody really read that book but, but they, that's okay but the empathy understanding that you know I, I never experienced a holocaust i can't fathom in my mind but i can't deny that it happened we have proof that it happened yeah. so that you know terrible act of genocide for a culture for people so i don't have to be jewish to acknowledge that it happened. I don't have to be Jewish to actually feel pain and sadness for what 
people actually went through. So understanding that they went through that and understanding that people are still hurting because there's still people from that era that are alive or it happened to their parents that still have resentment, that still have that hurt and still have that pain. So for me not to acknowledge that something like that happened would be very insensitive for me not to be able to pray for them or try to, you know, as much as I can be a, a a bomb of healing as far as racial you know um reconciliation yeah. comes in I, I can't change everybody you know and I, I mentioned it on 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 Sunday I can't change everybody's opinion about these people that they you know um came across or encountered yeah. 15 years ago or 50 years ago but I can change their opinion about uh, uh, uh an African-American man in the Treasure Valley in Boise in Meridian by the way I love by the yeah, way that I live I my that. life by the way that mm-hmm. I serve them and honor them for who they are not the color of their skin yeah. I mean for who they are and here's what's interesting so not knowing this so we've got a lot of small towns in Idaho yeah. and through so through ministry stuff I end up going to these small towns and maybe somebody there was like oh you know when I was in the military I used to hate black people and I just want to repent to you and da 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 <laughs> and I'm like that I don't like it yeah. because I'm like, that wasn't my testimony, but kind of the Holy Spirit speaking to me is like, Mark, you need to stand in the gap Aww. for that. So I have to kind of sit there and take it and try to minister to this person who didn't like black people way back in the day. And, you know, they've had a come to Jesus meeting, or maybe I was the first black mm. person that they could actually come and say, Hey, I'm sorry, but they didn't hate me. Right. They hated somebody who was the same color skin as I was. But so for me, I could dismiss it and be like, ah, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But now I have to try to speak love. I have to try to offer wow. forgiveness to them on behalf of somebody that they hated that never even knew that they hated them. I don't <laughs> know. And so it's interesting because I don't necessarily want that responsibility, but I have that responsibility. And I think on both races, it's like as Christians, as believers, and again, I'm not, I can't speak to people who don't love Jesus and don't know him (laughs) in the pardon of their sins. But for us, we are supposed to stand in the gap. When the Bible says, taste and see that the Mm -hmm. Lord is good, they're not going to taste Jesus without experiencing us. The way that people are going to taste and see that God is good is through the people of God, giving them an experience about the goodness of God flowing through their lives. And so I think that that people just we end up being selfish and we don't want to well that's got nothing to do with me and that didn't really happen it's like things happen whether you understand it or not understand that you're responsible for changing the narrative uh roman says as much as it has to do with you (laughs) live at peace with everyone and and that's why i live the way that i live i'm just trying to okay let me change the narrative as much as it has to do with me i'm going to give you a different picture of 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 what it what you mm. think is an African American male in whatever athlete format? Not an athlete anymore. So <laughs> you still are. <laughs> no, you still no. are. I'm a long way removed from that. <laughs> let me tell you. I love that, and it. I I wonder if you feel that. I know I feel what I'm about to say is I. There's a pressure right now to um, heal a global, if not national, wound, and have a or maybe the what i'm trying to say is i feel a pressure for pastors for ministers for churches uh, like we have this responsibility to fix this justice issue like in a second and that's where i've been struggling because i think something that like you said it's racism is usually something that develops over time in someone's heart and unfortunately the reality is um there's there's a deep-seated 
um, racism in this nation. Yeah. And there's a lot of it. We do feel a little bit protected in Idaho in some senses, and we're not probably seeing what's happening in other major cities when it comes to the protests and riots and different things like that. But that doesn't mean it. there's not this pain as a pastor, as a Christian, as a church, as a faith community, there is this feeling of like, okay, well, we got to, we got to, we got to do a gloat. We got to do something huge to stop this, to change this right yeah. now. And I, what I love that you're saying, and this is something I'm, I'm reconciling with right now is, uh, I think everything we do matters. Everything, every little thing that we do adds up to big things and I feel I do think that and I bet there's listeners that feel like I don't even know what to do and I feel like if I'm not doing something major I'm not doing anything yeah. to help in this in in the justice mission for people but I don't know Mark it's like don't you feel like as you're saying you can't go change every white person's heart can't change their hearts <laughs> But what you have been doing is you're being you and you've been and you've always been. And honestly, Mark, you've always been for me, one of the most gracious, loving. You're the teddy bear that hugs us all, loves us, is always points us to Jesus, like I said earlier. Um, and you and you always have done that for everybody you come in contact. That's just been your mission. Don't you think that that's still our mission is to just every single person just keep showing them Jesus? Yeah. And like break, and hopefully God is able to break down some of those walls. I think we got to have tough conversations. Yeah. If somebody says something stupid, it's like we're going to have that you, conversation. You, you respond to that. You answer it. And for me, I think that justice is really a relational term. Yeah. It's not so much about what you do. It's about who you are. I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I mean, so that was the justice that God showed me. It didn't have to do with anything that I did. It didn't have to do with my actions. It simply was based on the love that God had for me. So now we have relationships. So I think for us justice is still a relational term love mm. god love people yeah. so first if i deal with who i am as a child of god who i am as a human being if i deal with that and then extend that to everybody else it's not what you do because i think we're trying to do the what first instead yeah. of defining who we are and especially for the church as believers it's like man to whom much is given mm. much is required and i love the way that i love because of the love that that has been shown to me. I was adopted at five days old and my mom and my dad spent like countless mm -hmm. hours. We chose you. You're special. You're special. I mean, I could be caught on the videotape stealing a candy bar. My mom's like, that's my baby. He wouldn't do that. And I thought I had her fooled. I didn't have her fooled. She just loved me through it. And so after she passed away, uh, somebody at her church had kind of like posted on like the anniversary of her, of her death. They're like, oh, I remember Sister C. She used to say, if somebody's got hell in them, you just love the hell out of him and I'm thinking I never heard her say that and the Holy Spirit's like Mark she was talking about you Wow. and I was like and that's what she did mm -hmm. she literally loved the hell out <laughs> of me I mean so whatever it was that was causing me you know to either be in trouble or to not you know she loved me through that and I think that's what we have to do yeah there's craziness in the world but we have to love that craziness out of people there's not a fix there's not a so okay we got a, a four-step program we're gonna yeah. do this and do that it's like man you, the world needs love yeah you know and and I when I spoke about it I was like what would it look like if love was the loudest message Come that on, we heard yeah. i mean we've got hate yeah, yeah okay we've got opinions yeah we've got you know issues yeah but what if love was still the loudest message that we heard mm -hmm. and being a guy and a, you know a football player former athlete and things yeah. like that in the locker room the loudest guy usually won 
the, mm. the argument. Yeah. The loudest music is usually what you listen to. That's why everybody start putting earphones yeah. in. They're like, man, I don't want to listen to that. I can't compete. But the loudest music mm. took over. The loudest yeah. voice took over. And I think that we're, unfortunately, especially as a church, again, allowing a message besides the love of God to speak louder, louder. than everything wow. else that's yep. going on. And, you know, it's a, who, but we love because of who we are and because of whose we are. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what we need to deal with first. Hey, who are we? We are the kingdom. Yeah. We are citizen kingdom. So whatever has been given to you, you receive that, you live by that, and then you extend it to others. Absolutely. And that was, also, I love, uh, Apostle Paul, Pastor Paul so much because he talks about citizenship a lot yeah. because that was an issue in the early church was that they were still identifying with something other than their kingdom citizenship yeah. first. I yeah. mean, that, this was the... Um, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun, right? Yeah. So here we are in 2020, craziest year yet, yeah. at least in our lifetime, dealing with, in a sense, the same thing that Pastor Paul is saying back in you know, Philippians and Romans and first and second Corinthians and yeah. all throughout Ephesians, Colossians. And he's saying, listen, Galatians too, you are first and foremost, you're a citizen of heaven, yeah. your citizenship, which was a big deal to them because they were proud of their, especially those that were like in Philippi, it was a Roman colony. Those yeah. that had Roman citizenship were really proud of the really Roman proud. citizenship more than their kingdom citizenship. And yes. that's what Paul came to say. He says, listen, your first and foremost, and that's what I love about Capital Church in this in this community, is that we got some we got some strong political opinions in this church, and we have some awesome people who love um, being a part of even the political um, environment and, and making change and policy and laws, and that's all important. But before that, we're kingdom people. Kingdom people. We're yeah. all we're all a part of the kingdom of God. Mm. And um, and just listening to you reminds me of that so much, is that, and you always bring it back to the kingdom. Yeah. You are a good disciple, my that's, dad. That's, <laughs> that, that, I, that's all I got, though. I mean, really, that's all I got. Because yeah. nothing else wins. Yeah. I mean, nothing else is effective. So if I just roll on the, let's let's say I just roll on this point of culture, that's going to fade away. It, so, so racism has been the one stain in our nation's history that we haven't been able to erase. Yeah. I mean, we've overcome, you know, scientific issues, you know, technological issues, governmental issues. We, we send people recessions. to space, I mean, yeah. recessions, yeah. all of these so things. We, but we've never dealt with that. And so it's like, okay, how are we going to deal with it? Well, again, you, you were asking the question. I'm acknowledging, I'm listening. Yeah, I can't go back and make amends for that. But I can change the narrative now. I can love you. I can, yeah. I can um, understand who you are, that you're hurting, and offer a, a prayer, offer an ear, offer whatever it happens to be. Because I think a lot of and probably a lot of people think it's black people um you're not listening to me mm-hmm. you're, you're not listening to me oh you don't understand my pain you know well how can you how can a person from how can an 18 year old from marsing okay <laughs> understand the Shout pain of a, <laughs> of, a, of a 50 year old yeah. from louisiana yeah they're never going so trying to force people to understand my pain, you can't. But again, I can be sympathetic because loss is loss. Hurt yeah. is hurt. And we all experience loss. We all experience hurt. And so I try to put myself in the other person's shoes. Yeah. You know, and that's yep. what I do. Even if it's just like, well, you the, you know, the situation I was telling you about, I go to 
Cambridge and they're like, oh, well, da, da, da. And so I just try to put myself in that person's shoes. I don't even understand why you hated this person that you right. never knew because of the color of their skin. But now there's a revelation that's coming to your heart, that's coming to your spirit, and you want to ask for forgiveness. And so I'm like, okay, bless the Lord. You've, you know, you've evolved in that sense. God yeah. has gotten a hold of your heart. And now you understand that, okay, I need to love people for who they are, the content of their character, not yeah. just the color of their skin. But even if I don't like a person's character, Tracy, <laughs> I have to understand that they were created in God's the image, image of yeah. God. And so for me as a believer, if I'm hating you, I'm saying basically, Lord, you didn't know what you were doing when you made this person like this. And so <laughs> that scares me. And it's it really true. Does. Like I remember Chris preached a message on that or maybe he just had conversations with us about it, but he's like, if you hate a brother or sister in Christ, you are going you're in 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 an essence, in a way, we're hating on God. Hating on, on God. what he created. If yeah. we are created in God's image. And that's why hate is not of God. No. Racism is not, and we will stand behind that. This is racism racism is anti-gospel it is anti who we are called to be as jesus people as justice people and um we're learning and growing together and we're and i believe the church is the great hope and i'm with you let's get the message of love louder than everything else else. i mean my word let's all put our phones away in social media because whatever message is coming across there is not it's fear (laughs) it's anger it's 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 so much and i understand and part of that is people expressing that pain but I want to see uh, the love of God demonstrated. And you know what? I don't know if we can change other parts of the world, but I love that we can do something in Boise. Yeah, We can start a lighthouse in Boise, Idaho, down by the campus, out here in Meridian, in Eagle, in Marsing. Yeah. Shout out to Marsing twice. Out. God's yeah. working on you. Yeah. You know, wherever it is, like we have a, a responsibility to carry out love here. Yeah. And I think if we can demonstrate that as people of God, as justice people, as Jesus people, which is the mantra here at Capitol Church, if we demonstrate that, I think we're doing more for the world than we realize. And we're showing, like, just like you said, it's like, man, I don't know if I I can't change history. I can't rewrite history. But right now, like you said, I'm using your words, we can rewrite a narrative. And the new narrative is we love everybody. We love the people of God. We love the image bearers of our God who created us. And how we show that love, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work hard. We're gonna retrain some people. We're gonna help them think right, um, and do whatever we can. But that that's our responsibility as kingdom people. And um, I think we're we're working toward. We're seeing that in our church. We're seeing it in our church. And I think you know one of the things that I keep going back to when I think about what the fix is or how we're gonna get past you know this this particular era that we're in 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 our time in history and i'm thinking if i go back to what god wrote the church really is the only one who's sufficiently qualified to actually speak to the issue of racism and hate we're the we're the only ones (laughs) because we were birthed in the love of god we were birthed in forgiveness we were birthed in grace this is our mission he love god love people so that's not before that's not that's not congress you know, and I talk about them, you can't legislate morality. So when mm. people are like, we're going to pass a law and it's going to stop racism, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, let's see how yeah. that works. If there was a law that we could pass, I think that we are advanced enough as a society that it probably would have been passed yeah. by now. Right. You know, if you could introduce a bill that could have actually fixed things, it would have been introduced yeah. by now. So I just think that we have to 
lean on the one person and the one vessel that's actually going to help us to actually overcome these issues that we have, and that's the love of God. So my definition is that love is an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. (laughs) Again, I don't have to like you to love you. I've been commanded to love you, and love is an action. I might not, we might not get along, we might not see eye to eye, but you know, what husband and wife agree on everything. <laughs> I've only been married for five months, but I can tell you, we don't agree on everything. I agree on everything. What, what family members yeah. all agree on right. everything, but they still choose yep. to offer love. They still choose to offer forgiveness. They still choose to be gracious. So and I good. think we're in an era when people just aren't choosing to love they're not mm-hmm. choosing to forgive they're not choosing to extend grace and that's now it's coming to a head and you know covid didn't help, help. at all you know <laughs> oh, so gosh. people were cooped up in their houses mad about some other stuff and then just a, a powder keg was mm-hmm. lit but you know i really do believe that this could be the church's finest hour because if we just do what god has called us to do man we can change you know we, we can change god's already made a way yeah and he's he's waiting on us to kind of step up to the plate so he's, jonathan yeah. stocksdale wrote that song let the church rise oh, from the yeah. ashes oh, it was kind of from um hurricane yep. uh, katrina and things mm-hmm. like that but okay church go 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 love go serve but we're still in that same type of moment okay let the church rise from the ashes and so I'm excited, you know, I'm I'm a little tired and weary with all the stuff, you know, but at the same time, I'm encouraged because I'm thinking, man, if we ever needed the Lord before, we need him now. And he's not hiding, you know, he's not, (laughs) well, you know, if you search really hard, no, he's ready, a very present help in in a time time of of trouble, you know, and so, um, yeah, I'm excited. We, we just need to be who God called us to be. We are the church. This is our finest hour. And we have to remember, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, Ephesians 6 says, but against cosmic powers, principalities. And I think, I think God, God's not surprised by any of this, right? So I think God has allowed some of this to be exposed so that the church can be, can lead, lead our culture, lead our world to the answer, which is in Jesus. And I think one of the things I've been trying to do personally is like, I'm going to not fight people. I'm not going to fight opinions. I'm with you. Uh, Policies cannot change the human heart. Laws cannot, only Jesus can. And so one thing that I've been commissioned, we talked about in the last last podcast was pray for those who persecute you or maybe Mm -hmm. your enemy or those that you just, uh, you just don't agree with. But let's go to war. People want to fight right now, Pastor Mark. And so I've been, been commissioned. If you want to fight, fight in prayer. Yeah. Go go! If you didn't believe in spiritual warfare, now would be a good time to start. Now's the time. If you didn't yeah. believe in cosmic forces and evil and principalities, you might want to get a little charismatic and Absolutely. start believing because this is the, the devil does not. He doesn't care if we start hating on each other. He just wants. Well, he does. He wants to come and bring division. So he doesn't care. Um, it, 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 whatever we're fighting about, he yeah. will find anything, anything to get us to start fighting. And so, if the church is going to be the mission, and remember, I, Pastor Chris always says that that Jesus has a mission, and the church is the vehicle for yep. that mission. And if the devil knows that, if he knows the church is the is the vehicle to accomplish God's love for the world, yeah. then guess what? The devil is going to go after he's going to try to bring division to the church and so i just think as a community and as a church as the vehicle for god's mission to bring love to our world it is our great responsibility if you want to fight if you're a fighter tracy means bold as a lion and fighter so i I like to fight too i get it now it it makes sense doesn't it (laughs) but 
but I'm not fighting people. I'm yeah. fighting in the spirit. Absolutely. So I'm like, when I start getting mad and I want to post something or I want to like go argue and debate something that someone's saying, like that's not facts or or what about this and what about yeah. what this person said? I just stop, Pastor Mark, and I literally will get in my car and I will still I'll start fighting in the spirit. Yeah. And I'm like, we will win this battle. We will, because this is something the enemy is trying to bring to disrupt. We will win the battle. In fact, we already did. Jesus yeah. is the Christus Victor. Yeah. So we he just already won it. We just have to walk yeah. in it. And so I just want to encourage, and this has been an encouraging conversation for me, Pastor Mark. I really appreciate I really, you're like, you're not old enough to be like my other dad. You're like my bigger like your big brother. brother. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you and Susan are some of the most meaningful people in my life, in our family's life. I mean, it's like. I'll never forget 26 and a half years ago when you were singing in church right behind me. And I turned around and I was like, there's our new worship leader. Um, And you've taught me a lot. And not just by what you say. You say a lot that teaches me, but it's your life. It's how you treat people, how you love people, how you pastor. I've learned a lot on how to pastor from you. And I just, I'm so honored um, that we get to do ministry together, life together. and, um, And we will see... God uh, do something supernatural in our church. Absolutely. And and um, we, we, I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty fun. But you're going to have to come back to CYA soon. I'll come back. I really will. So it's, uh, I love those. I love the, I, I call them kids. They're not kids. That's the, <laughs> the, the old guy in me. I mean, the young men, because they're so, they're, they, they have so much influence in yeah. that and they, I don't even think that that it. age group yep. understands the Mm-mm. influence that they actually have so I'm thinking man if you can just point people to Jesus because yep. you know there's no human being that has all of the answers there's that's no right. human being that's always right but if you could just point people to Jesus man the pressure that it takes off of me because I I, I love this somebody's like you know I was arguing something they're like well show me in the Bible where it says that <laughs> and I'm thinking well I'm gonna go find it and I'm like I couldn't find the point that I was trying to argue. I think I was actually using a scripture from the Old Testament and a scripture from the New Testament because I heard it in church uh, and, and I was putting it together. It's like, this is the Bible. And I was like, this is not the Bible. And I was like, from that time, I'm like, man, I'm just going to preach the gospel. That's what Paul yeah. said. I preached Jesus Christ yep. and him crucified because that's really enough. That's all we need. But the influence that, you know, these young men and women have, especially on campus, and this is Come what on. I love about yeah. football. Uh, I can minister to the youngsters and I tell them, hey, I'm not in the locker room with you every day. I'm not on campus with you every day. I don't have the time or the bandwidth to be down there in that environment, you know? So I'm going to minister to you and you're going to go live out those things that what you see me do or what you hear me say, you can, you know, test everything, hold on to the good, but then go replicate those things so that you can change your world. Mm. And so it's, I mean, it's a responsibility. It's a great privilege, but I'm just excited about the youngsters. If if they grab a hold of it, yeah. it's it's game over you know it's the devil's gonna lose in a bit i mean he's already defeated but now he's gonna lose in a big way and we're gonna see lives change for a lifetime because of these encounters in prayer these encounters you know in the word these encounters in the church that that they're gonna experience i love it that's that's a perfect way even to end this podcast today just to remind all of our awesome listeners we have a uh you know our cya community but we have some older listeners too they tell us they like it too but uh, 
we are we have an influence we have a responsibility and i think uh, i really do think it's a heavy responsibility to demonstrate exactly what you're saying pastor mark we have we have all that we need in jesus let's point people to jesus let's point them to the love let's live let's love god and love people let's take it basic yeah love god love people love god love people and then god fixes the he he deals with the mess and um, I'm excited to see how God's going to turn this around for good because he always does. He that's always the Bible. Yep. You want the Bible. That's the Bible. <laughs> that's it's it like right there. He, he takes what the enemy meant for evil and God turns it around for good. And so, and I think the enemy is meaning, uh, he's meaning to bring a lot of destruction and evil cosmic forces to disrupt the mission of God. But God is in Jesus is the Christus victor. He will turn it around yep. and we will see, I believe, um, like you said, the greatest, the finest hour of the church, which means many people are going to come to know Jesus. Many people. Yeah. And we, and we're lucky. I, I just feel blessed. We get to be a part of it. Yeah. Amen. That's, that's what I'm excited, man. I get to be on the team. You know? <laughs> I know. I get to be on the team. And so. we get to see it. Well, I we love, love you so much, I Pastor love you. Mark. Thanks, thanks for having me yeah, out. Yeah, thanks. So. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely need to do it more. All right. You're, you're one of our favorites. But thanks for joining us for um, this episode of our Deep Dive podcast. If you have any questions or comments, um, only good comments, though. We only like the good <laughs> ones around our, our hearts are tender. No, if you have anything you want to uh, share with us or just let us know that you're, you've are you been enjoying the podcast, you can email us at cyapodcast at capitalchurch.co. We'd love to hear from you. And we are going to have CYA. We're back to Capital Young Adults this, this Sunday weekend, night at 7 p.m. Father's Day. Yes. It's a good day to go back. Um, so meet us at the Linen Building. Um, you can follow us on our Instagram for more details on that. But we're excited to be back together. We're going to... It's going to be good. It's going to pop off, as the young people say these days. And it's going to be good. So we love you, and we can't wait to talk to you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for being with us today. We hope that you were encouraged. We want to remind you, subscribe to our podcast. You can be listening in every week. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. We have our Instagram, at Capital Young Adults. We also have our Facebook page. We'd love if you would follow us on there. And also, if you have any prayer requests, we want to be praying with you. Shoot us a direct message or an email. That way we can be praying with you in this time. We love you guys. We hope you have the best week, and we can't wait to be back with you this time next week.